0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to
1: 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m., where we discuss and dissect the supernatural.
0: What's the scariest thing you've encountered?
1: Welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ.
2: My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. Welcome back, everyone.
1: It's good to be back for another episode. How's everyone feeling? Sweet. I feel optimistic. Why? I don't know. Just the beginning of the year. But I mean, we were feeling this way a year ago. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and we're like, 2020 is going to be so good. It's, this is
0: our year. <laughs> I truly thought. <laughs> I really did, though. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, this time next year we'll
2: be on a yacht because it's 3 a.m. <laughs> right after that, Australia lit on fire. Yeah. Then Kobe died. And then the Rona happened. And then everything else. Everything
0: else. Also, tonight with us, as always, our intern, Kevin, the jovial, the beautiful. The hung <laughs> Kevin
1: that reminds me of uh, do you remember William Hung? <laughs>
3: no. I met him. Do you th- oh, you told met me that. Him what
1: you yeah. told me that here. Here, tell it. Yeah, what?
3: people need to hear. Well, see, I used to work at a restaurant that we all worked at except for Sean. <laughs> uh, actually, that's good on you. <laughs> yeah,
2: he gets the last line. Yeah. yeah,
3: you didn't work at that <laughs> shitty restaurant with us. <laughs> But um William hung came in and everybody went nuts literally like they had to like Calm. close down the rush not close down but like the managers are like I oh, we need everybody to be seated there's a fire hazard now and then he was bombarded at his table all crazy style that is the or he is like, like the biggest Asian I've ever met in my life. he's really tall and like, thick everywhere <laughs> like whoa. a husky boy yeah. um, big boy yeah. but uh
1: it's like he would climb and climb the great wall and invade china
0: <laughs> so for those who don't know william hung was a person who got really Wait, famous oh, on really?
1: american idol american idol it's funny i think william hung was went viral before like virality was a thing
0: yeah
1: you know like youtube and facebook wasn't really a thing i think i was in middle school when he got big. And that was just on American television.
0: Uh, do you think he would be a thing today? Because if no. we're being honest, were we laughing with him or at him?
1: Definitely at him. Because
0: he looked like his gums and teeth were outside of his face. Yeah.
3: Like
1: BoJack
0: Horseman. Yeah. So
3: she
1: bang, at that she bang,
2: she yeah.
1: bang. Um, yeah, everyone was definitely laughing at him. But he made money. So, so he
2: got the last laugh. He got
1: like endorsements and uh,
2: ad spots. So hmm.
1: nobody else made money.
2: They just <laughs> made funnies. Uh, um, he made more than one of the winners, Taylor Hicks. <laughs> I don't know exactly, that is, dude. <laughs> That's you remember? Hilarious. You
1: remember uh, Ruben Studdard? Hell oh, yeah, brother, Ruben, bro. He was my favorite American Idol winner, but I feel like he got like he didn't get as far as anybody else in the i remember you know how everybody on those television shows has a stop story yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. garner more votes yeah well they get to him and it's like the finale and they're like tell us about your heartbreaking childhood and (laughs) he's not drinking the kool-aid he's uh well when i was eight my 10 year old brother stole my sandwich and i punched him in the mouth And then they cut to him singing the song, C. and he Crest wins the like, competition. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. People, Everyone voted for him because of that. Yeah, probably,
0: yeah. <laughs> I feel that. F my sibling, vote yeah. for Ruben. <laughs> a, what would your guys' sob story be for that for a show like that? Onion grass soup. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have a real one. Uh, crying in a Wendy's. Yeah, that's a decent and one. My dreams were shattered along <laughs> As with my with ankles. My ankle. <laughs> And then cut to you singing "Star Spangled Banner" or some shit, dude. On the topic
1: of uh, bad singing, have you guys ever heard of outsider music? It's yes. kind of a it's a style of almost music. brought
0: this up last episode. Really?
1: Uh huh. Outsider music is something that I've been studying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. No, outsider music is not really a genre. But if I were to compare it to a movie, it would be Pacific Rim.
2: Hey, so it's dope. I don't know if that's completely <laughs> fair. I don't know if that's where fair. Where they're trying
1: trying to be good, you know, it's a high budget film. CGI is crazy. They got some, you know, B listers in there, so it costs m- good money to make that movie, and they were trying to be good, but it was terrible. That's Outsider Music. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a when I was going to school. I don't know why, or all my my roommates and I all went to see Pacific Rim and were hyped on it. Mm-hmm. and they gave out free posters at the movie. So our living room was plastered with Pacific Room posters for the remainder of the school year until we
2: moved into a new apartment. Everyone was like, did you guys like really love Pacific Room? I remember something? coming over, and I was like,
0: what the hell is that?
2: <laughs> I remember coming over and being like, y'all are dope. Okay? Yeah. Men,
0: well, of, men of uh, taste, I see. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tell me about uh, outsider music from your perspective.
0: It was uh, from... Like, what I gleaned is just, like, people who were outside of the industry who made music that didn't necessarily fit, like, the the formula of music. So, like, most people, if I was said, like, if I gave you 10 minutes and was like, try to come up with a rock song, you would kind of make, you would be able to, like, conjure up a rock song. Well, these people made music that didn't fit into, like, any genre like that. They were doing music their way. Some of them had, like, schizophrenia. Some of them had mental issues so the way they approached music was like completely unique and to a lot of people it was like wow this is shit like this has this isn't good but to like musicians and stuff it was uh, a lot of them say like listening to outsider music helps you approach music in like a completely unique way does that make sense
1: Hmm. yeah um it's funny a lot of uh hip-hop producers uh from the 90s and on have sampled outsider music
0: that's dope
1: and it's truly shitty (laughs) <laughs> you should look up bring up the video from uh go to youtube and search the shags
3: the shags, oh, the
1: shags are possibly the most uh infamous you know the uh within the, the realm of outsider music so as far as i know the shags were sisters and their father was obsessed with music loved music and he had a dream that his daughters would have a band and be successful one day you know it's a cool dream i've thought of that myself So he pumps a ton of money into them. And this is what, 70s, 60s, maybe? This is quite a while ago. 1969, yeah. So, okay, that's it. Wait, but basically, he pumped a ton of money into this. Bought them all the gear, studio time, um, lessons, and they weren't trained. They were just so bad. But they (laughs) produced a full length album, and none of it lines up musically. Like, technically, it's a train wreck, (laughs) but it was just so bad that it got people's attention, like William Hung, kind of. and like people, Rebecca
3: Black?
1: Like Rebecca Black, uh, which is another sad story. <laughs> but um, they made a, a decent amount of money from that album because so many people in the 70s were listening to it, like just in awe of how terrible this thing is.
0: <laughs> but it's hilarious. Okay, play it. As I say, you think he's uh, exaggerating, but wait until you see this. And like he said, the dad truly believed they were going to become
1: the like, next big thing, like yeah.
0: The girl beetles. The beetlets.
3: Beatles, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They are homely looking. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: The poor people got what the rich people's got.
3: <laughs> I kind of like this. Where are they from?
1: I, I kind of like this too.
3: <laughs> Where are they from?
1: I'm not sure. Okay. Here's the thing, though. They performed, I think, either Tiny Desk or Pitchfork Music Festival um, not too long ago, within the past 10 years or so. And I don't think they really, I don't think they went on tour and performed (laughs) live. I don't know. But it had been, even if they did, it had been some time since they were a thing, you know?
0: 50 years.
1: Yeah. So they play for the first time in a long time. And they play it beat for beat and makes everyone question. It's scary, right? You mean like like they they play it off
2: beat? Well, they play it originally how they played
1: it. Yeah. From the recorded studio version back from 69. And everyone's like, wait, were they trolling us for 50 years? Like
0: they tried to do it like this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's wild. Um, Is that what you're going to pull up?
0: No, this is just my favorite outsider. Okay. You it. I I dig them, bro. Like I added it to my Spotify playlist. <laughs> but
1: at the same time, not all outsider music is like completely terrible. Some of it sounds like kind of palatable. But at the same time, it's not it's not polished. Like you know, they're not like like the Mozart or I don't know
0: classical gas. What, what's his name? They could, have ta- they could have done one or two more takes.
3: You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> to get Kevin doesn't agree with any of this. Not with this, dude. With that the, last song? The Shags. No, I thought that last song was super awesome. That
1: first riff with the jun, 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 yeah. jun, jun.
3: You need to listen to me pick up a guitar. I sound like somebody who's never, like, seen a guitar before.
0: Yeah, so you would be outsider music.
3: No, because I can't even, like, make any sort of rhythm with
1: it. Talking about um, moving along with yeah. music trends, there's a a trend that's been big on the internet. <laughs> called sea C... scurvy music i don't know it's sea something but it's like if what you imagine what the deck hands on a pirate ship would sing
0: like shanty music sea shanty yes yeah. that's
1: exactly what it is
0: that's not like a new thing
1: it's not new but it's been like people have been using it in like TikToks picking and up memes, speed recently so like you know when play you're playlist. setting up
0: the computer or the camera right now what i was playing sea shanty in our in our headphones really while you were setting up everything
1: that's so funny yeah sea shanty music like just like a
0: group of men in like an a no, alleyway and they no. sing yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: it's not Neo but people have been playing it and like they've been using it on TikToks and memes the popularity is definitely gone so up it's like becoming viral at least right now
0: but. dude speaking of virality <laughs> and like viral things and outsider music and weird things I have something weird that's happening to me and my group of friends from back home Okay, we made a video in high school I made a lot of videos in high school. A lot of which will never see the light of day. This one is particularly disturbing. And there is someone out there who is obsessed with it. And they recently reached out to us. (laughs) So real quick. Before I show you the video. um, This person commented like four years ago on the video. Then like two years ago on the video. And then last week messaged my friend directly on his social media. He has a different name on his social media than we used and said, basically, I've spent two years looking for you and I finally found you.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. So I'm going to
0: show you the video and then I'm going to read you the message and just I'm going to ask you what you think on it. And my thoughts before is probably harmless, but think of how long this person's been looking for my friend and like how much effort he put into finding him. Okay? Okay. Love it. (laughs)
1: my interest has
0: peaked do you want to read the title of our
1: Uh, this video is from Vimeo and it's called the banana foreskin challenge
0: so this is my friend Steven from high school was this for ALS before the ice bucket (laughs) Uh, I would like to say yes but no
1: this is your homie
0: yes just wait (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> my jaw would be sore
0: he did it like a champ he's amazing
1: <laughs> dude i'm uh so uh, this was uh an old video what from high school
0: i would say like right after high school yeah right after high school okay. Can, do you want to explain yeah. to our listeners what you just witnessed and went yeah.
1: through so this is right after high school charlie um was this two thousand seven, eight, and it looks like you guys bought a brand new camera and a and brand new banana. We're trying to fi- a brand new banana, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. You know, possibilities are endless, and you filmed a friend who eats a banana from the butthole to the tip. Entire thing. Entire thing. Peel and all. and all. I. uh... I'm watching Lord of the Rings again, which is my favorite movie. And it's always uh, satisfying seeing all the orcs just go in on each other. Like, meets back on the menu and, like, cannibalism straight up, right? (laughs) Like, it's dope. It's crazy. But people eating food, like Boromir's father when he eats that cherry tomato. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Dude.
0: That's the
2: foulest. Disgusting. It's, it's
1: disgusting. It's so gross like an animal. <laughs> this video with the banana foreskin challenge has 6000 views.
0: Okay, here's where the mystery begins. 6000 views on Vimeo. None of us had checked in on this video for about 10 years now. And we're like, who's watched this six 000? I don't think that's 6000 individual views. I think 4000 are from this guy. So, here's the first sign or one of the first signs of his obsession with this. (laughs) One comment. Sean, do you want to read out loud? (laughs) Okay.
2: This video brings back memories of when I was a child, when my alcoholic mother would stay up late on the booze sauce just to do the thing she loved most, beating me. I was okay with... (laughs) I was okay with it because everyone needs a punching bag, and my mother deserved to be happy after father left. In the morning, she would make me breakfast, a healthy helping of banana peel, with an awkward drive to school with my uncle who wasn't allowed near other kids in parks. I always went to school knowing that I had done something good. Also, I can relate to you, sir, banana man, because I too know how f***ing hard that brown part of the banana stem will scratch your asshole on the way out. <laughs> Much luck, like my brunana. That okay. is
1: that is complete uh, copy pasta, right? It's from a year ago. Yeah. Okay. So, that's original copy pasta.
3: Yeah.
0: So just pasta. <laughs> but So he sends that. None of us saw this until he found Steven on so, so Steven was the one eating the banana. Steven is the guy in the video eating the banana. He we used his name in that, but Steven on social media doesn't use his real name. So this guy just like you found him, just like you. So okay, so this is the message that he sent my friend personally. Um when did this text exchange uh, about a week
1: occur?
0: ago. So This happened about a week ago? This message, where he found my friend (laughs) on social media and messaged him directly.
1: 12 to 13 years after the original video.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Hello, (laughs) Bronana. I had stumbled upon your greatness about a year ago when I wasn't the happiest in the bunch. I was unripe with joy at the time. Some would say I wasn't peeling well. Well, I uh, had to ask the tally man. How many times I had watched the video that you and your friend Madison had made, but it did not matter how many times I had watched it. I had noticed that just being exposed to the essence of this masterpiece had made me glisten yellow rays of banana happiness. In other words, I had become one of the banana foreskin challenge. One with one with the banana foreskin challenge. Hell yeah, brother. And I had set out to the highest hills and deepest cracks in the crust of the earth to find more people like me who had shunned the ways of the modern man and learned to be at peace with their inner banana. I had found my people. We settled upon a town in Arizona known as Prescott Valley, and we have a secret society known as Order of the Banana Prepus. We only feast on the plantain, In its entirety, as one always should, we only drink banana milk and serve banana pudding with the peel on Sundays. It is a sacred and much-desired treat in our little settlement. We have come to worship you, worship you, (laughs) as our all-forgiving and humble banana man God, and would be honored to hear back from you. You are the monolith of these revering monkeys, Oh, give unto us our daily banana bread savior of the fallen bunch.
1: <laughs> Dude, I love this. This is ultimate. This is uh like the the anus of the
0: internet. <laughs> okay, so on one hand, harmless, funny copy pasta. This is funny, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but there's like no one watching. There's like no f- like there's no payoff no... for this guy, and he spent years trying to find Steven. So that speaks to like... Some obsessiveness. Yes! What is going on?
1: There's a. I I I love stuff like this. Uh, just the 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. hours of the night when you're just on your phone. Scrolling, related video after related video after related thread. Yeah. Just diving deep into the dark of the internet. And these are the kind of things you find. There's a whole sub for videos like that. It's, I think it's just called Deep into YouTube, and they're strange, strange videos. I'm gonna post that, this
0: then to that Deep into YouTube. <laughs> do it, dude.
1: That don't have like many views. Like six thousand views is not a lot comparably, you know. Mm. But it's like, why do why do people make this? And from their like seeds, a. Almost cult following for some videos. Banana
0: seeds. Yeah. There's this. Uh, <laughs> or quick, what would you guys do? Because
2: Steven hit me up
0: and he's like, what do I do? What do I tell this guy? They go him
2: no. to Prescott Valley, Arizona. Prescott or Prescott? They call it Prescott oh. if you're from Prescott. Huh. But you got to go there. You got to find the banana kingdom and reign almighty for these people. And take their money. Hell yeah. Take their money. <laughs> 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 Claim that banana throne. Here's the thing.
1: Give them the banana bone.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to break it to this dude. Oh, do you guys want to see videos of him? Especially if he's he feeling... He has videos of himself? Well, Steven did reverse investigation.
1: Right. He, he should do it, especially if he's yes, feeling banana
0: lone. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is the dude's... <laughs>
1: He's wearing a Zelda shirt. Oh, he (laughs) listened to Deftones. It's a black metal. I think black metal.
0: So many selfies, though. (gasps) Do you see the fruit? Pikachu hat. Oh, wait, go back.
1: (laughs) Oh, you got an orange peel smile. Classic 2000s picture.
0: Deep fake. Okay, here's the thing. Steven, I think, is going to (laughs) respond. And he's going to tell him he's ascended like the first level. But there's so many more. And he needs to shed the banana peel and ascend to the apple. And with that, <laughs> what the dude didn't know is we filmed a whole series of these. <laughs> and you guys never released it? We did, but they're just on, because we were not planning anything. So they're on like six different, like Eric's, Madison's know, mind. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: This is one bite delight.
0: Real quick. That's a kiwi. I was
1: going to say, was that a kiwi?
0: (laughs) That's just to start him off. Okay. Warning. This shit is graphic and Steven goes to like a primal, loses his mind level. (laughs) Love it. He's going to attempt to bite through an apple in one bite. (laughs) He's clenching as hard as he possibly can. So, he's going to send him that video.
1: Hell yeah. Transcend, baby boy. Get what's yours. What a weirdo. That dude who commented. It's okay. That's hilarious. I love that. Thank goodness for friendship.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we'll have links to those videos. (laughs) On our social media or something. Um, I don't know if I'll cut all this, <laughs> but I thought it was entertaining Dude, A- And very. it's odd that it's like, it's happening right now. Steven's gonna reach out to the guy and like send him the Apple video. Nice. Assume the position. Hey yo. But it kind of falls in line with like outsider music,
1: <laughs> like, outsider videos, <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I get it. I get it. I'm with it.
0: That's that. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for letting me go down that rabbit hole with my friend Steven. I don't know how much of that is necessary. And hopefully, viewers, if you're not watching, um, maybe you will glean what you need to from it. But super interesting nonetheless. Hell yeah. That's that. Let's get to uh, what this podcast is about, (laughs) which is scary stories. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: We all carry around different stressors, big and small,
0: So let's roll. Okay, Charlie got a... Four. 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 I got a six. Sean?
2: I got a 16. So the order is... Sean. Me.
0: Charlie. Sweet.
2: All right. My story comes from I Ain't No Tadpole. And he uh, grew up in Texas. He says that he... Had just graduated, and he didn't really want to attend college, didn't want to join the military, so he kind of just stuck around home for a minute and got kind of dependent on Xanax and booze and stuff like that and realized deep within himself that he was going to follow the cycle of white trash in his family and town. We've all been there. So he says he realized he needed to get out. So he decided he was going to join Woof.com. Oh, dot com. oh. oh
1: <laughs> frick. Equal. Equals. What did you say? <laughs> Equal forces.
2: Woof.com. Time out. Have <laughs> you ever heard of Woof?
1: <laughs> no. I, I can only imagine.
2: Woof is the worldwide opportunities in organic farming. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Not what I was thinking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we were one step away from gif.com. <laughs> So, he joins Woof, and basically, you pay them a small fee, and they open up opportunities across the world where you'll go and live on an organic farm, and they'll put you up with room and board. You just work. That's dope. That's fire. I'm hella judgmental. Caroline did that in Hawaii. The opportunity is pretty cool, yeah. However, uh, he decided he was going to commit to a Hare Krishna community in the Deep South. So he leaves Texas, his hometown, heads to the deep south in his 30-year-old Chevy Blazer that doesn't make it too far because he only spent about $500 on it when he bought it. He gets stuck in the middle of nowhere, ends up hitchhiking the rest of the way there. Once he gets there, though, he uh, doesn't know how he feels about this opportunity much anymore. At this Hare Krishna temple, he said about a third of the people were uh, Native Indians from India who were there for religious reasons. He couldn't really talk to them though because they didn't really speak English. About a third of them are older hippies. He he described them as people who were probably dodging the draft, ended up here in this Hare Krishna temple for spiritual reasons and just trying to stay away from people. <laughs> and then the other third are, as he describes them, vapid as shit hipsters. Oh my gosh. So, I don't get the, the vapid part, but the hipsters? Vapid. Vapid? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Vapid is ship hipsters. And he I said- think it's just
0: like being into your image. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, he said he basically, though, couldn't- uh, he basically kept himself.
0: I was going to say,
1: I knew there weren't going to be any Indians in the Deep South. Not like that. <laughs> Enough to make a huge Hare Krishna-like uh, community going on.
2: Yeah, well- There were a few that he couldn't talk to. However, most of them were the the hippies and hipsters that were there. He said he uh, tried to keep to himself, but occasionally he was end up forced into conversations about vibrating crystals and their (laughs) three-year spiritual journey that was probably funded by their parents. (laughs) (laughs) So he's there for a few weeks, and he basically hates his life because he hates everyone there. (laughs) Then he hears a story of somebody named Michael who – is part of the Hare Krishna temple, but is not there currently because a couple of days before he got there, he went to one of the big cities close by to get his car that was impounded in the big city. And eventually, a few days after he's now been here, Michael shows back up. So our our homie, uh, I Ain't No Tadpole, has been here for a few days. Michael shows up. He's heard stories about Michael. Basically, everyone says he's lazy, insane, and would spend hours up in his room just practicing yoga. Okay, that's kind of dope. <laughs> but no one liked him because okay, not he wouldn't help on the farm, which is what mm. he was supposed to be doing in the first place. So he shows up late one evening, and he's talking about how Michael shows up. He's talking about how he's going to get really involved in the farming now and throw himself into the Krishna consciousness. And our homie here describes him as... Uh, Early 30s, had just these long, curly sideburns, but kind of balding on the head. So he's just this goofy-looking dude, too. However, he doesn't fit in any of the other three categories, and so he loves them right away (laughs) because he seems like a normal dude right off the bat. So they kind of click right off the bat. He said they became fast friends. He's the only person there who didn't give me the urge to bite off my fingers when we spoke. (laughs) And they were both from Texas. So obviously they started talking Texas, they talked about barbecue, loony conservative teachers, football, and of course drugs. Of course. Of course. (laughs) So now every now and then he uh, would bring up subjects that kind of threw him off though. Like Michael would talk about some weird stuff that would kind of throw him off. Like for example, He wasn't able to get his car from the impound garage. And he had schemed up the best way to break it out. And it involved firearms, pipe bombs, and telepathy. That kind of stuff that would throw him off. (laughs) He also mentioned that the original reason why he'd come to the Hare Krishna temple was to learn Reiki meditation. Mm -hmm. Okay, And he believes that Reiki meditation is a meditation form that's used to control the minds and bodies of others. Huh. This is what Michael believes. And furthermore, he believes that he once used Reiki meditation to seduce a woman at a party. So these are the kind of conversations that come up every once in a while that make our friend just kind of be like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> it crosses that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he So he, get, he gets up to the line and crosses a little bit every once in a while. Now, a couple days later, they're just chilling, eating lunch, and our friend is telling him about the one time where he had gone to the uh, place where the Branch Davidians were. Ooh. Can you explain? Do you know much about them? So, the Branch Davidians, did you watch Waco? I know you did. I just finished Waco like two months ago. So, Waco and the Branch Davidians is basically, and he actually explains it in his story as well, where David Koresh and a botched siege by the FBI and ATF that led to the death of 76 Davidians and four ATF agents. And then our friend Michael goes off. He's like, the government is always trying to silence people. Preaching the truth, that's so f***ed up. And our friend wanted to kind of explain that David Koresh was kind of a sociopathic cult leader still. And he was kind of only interested in power and nothing else. However, Michael was not having it. But now, our friend is angry. Michael's angry. They're just having this conversation that turns into an argument. And Michael is starting to have a tantrum about the subject. And he's telling me that, or he's telling our friend that he's wrong and that David Koresh was a martyr. Ew. So, this is when he says well, he truly isn't saw- he, guys? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I mean, Michael's not... No, I'm just <laughs>
2: If we learned anything from the TV show Waco, yeah, he definitely. (laughs) Um, So this is where he says, though, that he realized and he saw the truly insane side of Michael. He had turned beet red and was yelling and spitting at me almost how this guy that he had just barely been explained to who was, was a martyr and the government was shutting him up and all of this stuff. All of a sudden, a friend is just like, yo, I'm not having this conversation with you anymore and starts to walk away. And in the process of like turning around, he also says, you know, I'm not having this conversation with you. You're a loon, Michael. How can I expect logic from you when you came here for superpowers? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, the look in Michael's eyes changes from anger to hatred. Oh, sure. Leveling up. Now, Michael's kind of a bigger guy, taller and bigger than our friend here and he kind of lunges after him. Now our friend gets barely away, and as he's like sprinting away, he reaches for his back pocket, realizes he's, he luckily had picked up his knife with him that day when he left his cabin. So he stops, turns around with his knife out. So Michael sees that, stops, and turns around. <laughs> I, I thought like, you were gonna say like... Tries yeah. to do the telepathy <laughs> thing, the, the, the Reiki meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> So at this current, at this current time. Like a Charles Xavier over
0: here. (laughs) That
2: was funny. (laughs) So at this current time, Michael turns around and leaves. The next day though, our friend goes to the temple president and explains what happened between him and Michael. And he's like, we have to get rid of Michael. We can't let him stay here. (laughs) He's kind of afraid of him at this point.
0: You pulled a knife on him.
2: (laughs) He's got to (laughs) go. To be fair, the other guy did come after him first. Okay. The president agrees with him, though, because nobody likes him. He still isn't, like, (laughs) pulling his weight around the farm Uh, or anything like that. Yeah. And he said he kind of felt bad snitching, but he was in a pretty desperate situation. He uh, didn't really want to feel in danger while he's supposed to be here at this wolf farm.
1: Yeah, his life was on the line of this. Yeah. That's, that's so that's all. So it was
2: like a, he had to do it. Now he knew Michael had no car, no money, and he couldn't imagine he had any friends either. But <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> the temple president informed him that, or he had told Michael that he had to go. And so he, he, described the situation. He was just sitting in his cabin. He sees through the, the blinds. Michael's standing out by the, uh, like main road. somebody, comes up with some suitcases so that he can pack what little things he had and then took them away. Didn't hear anything more from him at that time. Now, weeks go by and this whole encounter just kind of faded from his memory. But late one night, he gets a text message. Oh gosh. And the message read, hey, this is Michael. (sighs) We can get my car out for 280 bucks. Want to go traveling? Our friend never responds. What's up, dog? <laughs> hey, new phone, who dis? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, Downward Dog. He wasn't sure. What's up, Downward Dog? <laughs> 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 he wasn't sure where Michael had even gotten his number because he had never given it to him, but he imagined it was off of Facebook at the time because you used to have like all of your phone number and information on all of that shit. So a few nights later, he says he's in the temple office using the Wi-Fi to make some emails, mm-hmm. and after he finished up, he was making his walk back to the cabin. And it's pitch black because it's kind of also this this compound type area is not a whole lot of light. That's such a funny concept
1: that you go to the temple to like talk to God, <laughs> but then you got to send emails yeah, from yeah. a box. <laughs> Sorry,
2: if you want to talk to if you want to talk to anybody, <laughs> you go to the temple, dude. <laughs> Damn, that's deep, bro. <laughs> dude, I'm 13, and that was deep. <laughs>
1: some Tumblr shit.
2: (laughs) So as he's on his way back to his cabin from the temple, he hears this loud banging coming from one of the barns. And he remembers thinking it probably is just an animal, but also it's got to be a pretty big animal, like one of the cows banging around in there because it was pretty loud. So he just hurries up and speed walks to his cabin. Now the cabin itself doesn't have a lock on the outside door, but his bedroom does. So he makes it into the cabin, goes to bed, locks his door. Later that night, he woke up needing to take a piss. The worst scenario ever. Because, <laughs> you know, you try and put that feeling off for so long. He makes it to where he can't put it off anymore, but he also doesn't feel like putting his shoes on and going outside the, outside the cabin. Cause who knows what was that loud banging sound either. So he decides and he says, Please forgive me. I decided I was gonna go piss in the sink. <laughs> Dude, I've done that. I haven't. <laughs> he said, know. He knows it's gross, but it's he's the only one that uses that. So he felt fine. Now he goes to his door, <laughs> opens cut. the door, about ready to <laughs> <Yeah>. cut that. <laughs> Bro, I have. <laughs> I, have it, I, I have it. it. I have it. <laughs> I
1: have
0: it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> DJ's sweating? <laughs> Do you really want me to cut that? Kind
3: of. Okay. Why have you?
0: Uh, I
1: don't know. I just remember it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think I was in high school. I thought it'd be funny.
2: It was better than the to, closet, dude. Like it was
1: the toilet and then the sink. And I was like, oh, that would be funny if I peed in the sink instead.
0: Bro,
2: that's hilarious. <laughs> okay, keep it.
0: you <laughs> degenerate. I mean, I've peed everywhere else outside. You know what I mean? Like I've peed all... Anyway.
2: Anyway. Anyway. What did Michael say? Okay. So our friend... He uh, heads to the door. He's going to go and pee in the kitchen sink in his cabin. (gasps) Wait, wait, wait. Kitchen sink? Not bathroom sink? Well, (laughs) it doesn't seem like he had a bathroom because that's why he had to leave the cabin in the first place. Okay. Okay. That's logic. That's logic. (laughs) But he doesn't clarify kitchen sink. I just assume. Okay, sorry. So he opens the door and nearly pisses himself right there. Oh, shit. Michael, completely naked, crouching in the corner of the kitchen, facing the wall away from him. Oh, no. He made a noise, like our friend made a noise, kind of like what you'd imagine Shaggy would make in a Scooby-Doo, like a... (laughs) Something like that. And the noise alerted Michael to his coming into the room. But when Michael turned around, all he did was glare at me, shook his whole body... Our friend slams the bedroom door, locks it, and immediately calls 911. A little bit later, the police show up, and they can't find Michael anywhere. So they look for him around the compound a little bit, don't find any traces of Michael, and he never sees Michael again. However, the next day, he ends up having to leave the wolf farm anyways because all of the older Hippies and stuff were like, that's not cool. You called the police around here. You've got to go. (laughs) Like, bro. (laughs) What is this, once upon a time in Hollywood? (laughs) 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 With that being said, though, luckily he didn't have to deal with Michael at the time, but he knows for sure that Michael was trying to use his Reiki meditation on him to get him to go somewhere with him. Oh, Luckily, our friend made it out alive. Oh.
0: That had like midsummer vibes and like...
2: One, once upon a time. Yeah.
3: That's what I was thinking the whole time, midsummer. In like the head, ritual? Looked, yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. Creepy, dude. Super creepy. I don't know much about Reiki, but I've heard it come up a ton. F- I've always heard it's like energy healing.
1: The first time I heard about Reiki, I was like 14 and I was working as a tour guide for my uncle.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was one of the tourists in our group and she's talking to me about Reiki and I'm like ma'am I'm 14
0: (laughs) is that a Pokemon are you trying to
2: control me
0: with your
1: (laughs) yeah she's talking about like the Emerald Ray are you gonna tip me or what (laughs) ma'am?
2: she was on some real Holly shit (laughs) you know no I looked up a little bit about Reiki as well none of that matches with what Michael believed that it did Kinda of seems like he was following his own path, yeah, it kind of seems mm. like whatever was in his mind is what he believed through and through mm.
0: Mm.
2: however, <laughs> our friend did make it on alive to huh. tell this story.
1: Reiki got nothing
2: on Maui you know? <laughs> Tafiti's cousin is that um, you tonight?
1: That's me tonight, dude, thanks. That's fun. It's been a while since we've had like a hippie cult story. In fact, that might be the very first one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long, in
2: fact. I don't remember having one before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, all is new territory. I feel like we've been striking that every week. True. It's been nice. Thanks, dude. It's me.
2: Any other thoughts? No, No, that's it for me.
1: Let's do this. It's me. It's me. It's me. Hi, it's me. Hi, guys. Uh, This week's story comes from... Have you guys ever listened to the Alabama Shakes? Yes. One of my favorite bands of the 2010s, of the last decade. I feel like I heard it from you. Okay. I want to listen to you a little bit of them so you can get an idea. So it comes from the lead singer. Her name's Brittany Howard. Super talented. Alabama Shakes is a southern rock band, but she's like a soul singer. They've won a hella Grammy's. Search. Alabama Shakes. Hold on. Just so you guys can get an idea of her.
3: Oh, hell yeah. I like her
1: voice a lot. Incredible. She's 22 right there. This was uh,
0: 2012. I
1: mean, she looks like 40s. Kind of,
3: yeah.
0: (laughs) Damn, I am inferior. (laughs) Dude, she's sick.
1: She got so much character in her voice. I hear her voice and I'm like, man, only a good person could sound like this. You know?
3: Yeah. So.
1: They're dope. Listen to them. Alabama Shakes, either their Boys and Girls album or Sound in Color. Definitely worth checking out. This comes from, uh, I want to say it's probably like in the mid-2000s, late 2000s, when this happened. So, Brittany is her name. Her, her her mom, and her great-grandmother had just moved into a new house. Uh, I think uh, her parents had separated, had just separated or something like that. But they moved into a new house and she said uh the house is old had a lot of personality um like most old houses do she said uh the kitchen was blue with checkerboard flooring she said her bedroom had like light green flooring but she loved it she's obsessed with just all the color in the house and she uh, over the years really made it her own space she said when they moved in one of the first things she notices was the corner she said this this corner was like any other corner in the house Ninety degrees all around, but what's well, so funny, Kevin? I thought
0: that was—I thought you were making a joke, like exactly. it was ninety degrees.
1: That's exactly what—that—that that, that was exactly her words, you know. Like it's the same as every other corner, ninety degrees all around, but uh, <laughs> um, except for the fact that she always felt like somebody was there. In the corner, the empty corner. She never put anything there. She felt like somebody was there, and they were always watching her.
0: And is this in her room? This is in her bedroom,
1: the one with the lime green flooring. Ew. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, she said, you know, this is a this is a new house, new space. It's unfamiliar. I'll I'll blame it on that. Uh, she kind of has like a pretty good attitude throughout her experience in this house, despite everything that happens. She said that uh, it was it was a duplex. And it was one of those that connected with like the bathroom, you know, the middle bathroom. And she shared that bathroom with her great-grandmother. And she said, her great grandmother, super sweet, sweetest old lady. And um, she said her grandmother did creep her out every once in a while because she'd be <laughs> watching TV past midnight, super late, and her grandma would her great grandmother would come out of the dark. She's like, <laughs> Grandma, what you doing? <laughs> And her great grandmother say things like, "Oh, I just thought you might like a nice bowl of ice cream, and like bring her treats while watching TV." And so sweet, so That's sweet. Awesome. That's lovely. Creepy, but, <laughs> but, <sweet. laughs> but always catch her, you know, off guard. You know, yeah. she's in the dark watching TV late at night. Um, she did say that curtains would would move by themselves every once in a while. She thought that was creepy, but then she blamed that on their cat that they had. You know, it's probably the cat running behind the curtain. So. All these little things happening here and there, but nothing super alarming, super offsetting. Uh, Just things that she noticed over the first little bit while she was living there. Ended up happening that her great-grandmother passed away while they were there. So it was just her and her mom. Her mom one day came in, and this is when I guess she was kind of a little psyched out by like the creepy feeling from the corner or the curtains moving. Her mom came in after the great-grandmother passed away, and told her you know great grandmother came and sat on my bed last night you know grandma came and sat on my bed last night and was with me but to Brittany, it was man i do not want to hear that right now i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know mom not too long after actually got remarried and then moved out so Brittany was in this big house all by herself what yeah. how old is she so at this point she's in college oh, okay oh, okay for some reason, I was picturing 12. she yeah. no, 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 no. Her That's
2: mom like, moves like out. No.
1: She was excited. She was excited to have her own space. And this is when she, she was in college. She was working full time, super busy, trying to have a social life and establishing the band. They weren't big yet at all. You know, they're just playing in bars and whatnot. But um, she was excited to have her own space where they can just make a ton of noise and not have any complaints for the first time. You know, she feels like, this independence that she's never had before. Super excited to continue with this band and uh to see what comes from it. comes what uh come what comes from having this space. So she says she comes home from college one day and she makes her struggle meal of toast and uh canned corn. <laughs> and that's bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a real struggle. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of all my friends right now who like buy houses and they're like 23. You're
0: like, "That's cool. I I'm bought like,
1: two packs of
0: burrito frozen burritos this yeah. week." <laughs> so, have fun in your home. <laughs> Y'all just I got the can of beans, yeah. <laughs> but yeah,
1: she uh cracks open that can of corn, warms it up in the microwave. One day DJ, dude one day. Um and uh she turns on like her little ghetto blaster in the kitchen. She's just jamming out to some tunes, not loud enough where she can't hear anything in the house, but she hears a click as if the doorknob was turned. And she looks, and it's her bedroom door that faces the kitchen. And she watches as the door opens by itself. She's just standing and watching it. Like, how could that happen? This, you know, it's impossible for it to turn on its own and then open on its own. She's just kind of staring into the nothingness of her bedroom, just puzzled at what just happened. She doesn't think much of it besides the chills that she gets, but she slowly walks over to the bedroom and she shuts the door and she hears it click. You know, it's actually closed and you actually have to turn it for it to open. Um, she closes it. It's fine. rest of the day goes on. Not. Much longer after that, it's a it's a sunny day. There's a nice breeze outside. So she goes outside and there's like a small little porch, little deck area. And to get there, there's like a I think. If I remember correctly, it's like a sliding wooden door. So she she opens it and she calls up her friend. I think it's Friday, so they're trying to talk about what they want to do during the weekend. You know, how's your week? We're trying to get wild, what's going on? Just catching up. She remembers closing the door behind her because of the cat. And she didn't want the cat to get out. So that's something she was always conscious of. You know, if you have a pet, you're always conscious of leaving the doors open, right? That lead outside. So she remembers closing the door and she's talking to her friend, yada, yada. And she hears, scratching on the door. And she says, hold on, hold on, on the phone, hold on. Uh, I got to let this cat out. So she's walking and she's still talking on the phone. She opens the door. You know when you're so deep in conversation, like even if you're on the phone, you kind of, for me, I pace a lot. And like I move things around not thinking about it. I just kind of do it. So she opens the door and then she closes it. She continues talking on the phone. A few minutes pass by. She hears the same thing again. She turns around. She thinks the cat wants to get back inside the house, but there's no cat. She says, I swear I opened the door and let the cat out the first time. She goes, she walks up to the door. She pulls and it doesn't open. She says, I immediately knew my door was locked. She says to her friend, someone just locked me out of my house. She's pulling on the door. It's not opening. Her friend says, oh my gosh, are you going to be okay? And she says, yeah, I'm going to go check on it. So she goes around the house to the front, which she left unlocked. She opens the door. House is quiet. So Brittany spends the next 20 minutes. Well, first she grabs a machete. The sweet. She <laughs> says it's the only weapon they machete. have in the house. Yeah, she says it's the only weapon in the house. She works as a, she's a uh, landscaper. So um, this is, I guess, one of the tools she had from the job. But she says she grabs her machete, the only plausible, you know, tool she could use to defend herself in the house. But she spends about 20 minutes checking every closet room, the showers, cabinets, everything, nothing. And she makes her way from the front of the house to the back, gets to the back and she looks at the sliding door and it's, it's locked. And the lock is an industrial slide lock. She said, the only way somebody can close that is with their own hands. Cat couldn't have done it. The wind couldn't have done it. So that was when it started picking up more and more for her. Like, my mom moved out, and ever since then, you know, things have been happening. First, the, my bedroom door, and then now the, the back door, you know. She said the longer she stayed in that house, the more she tried to make it her own. She got to the point where she, she really loved her bedroom. It, it reflected a lot of her personality. She said while her mom lived there, they found this old, beautiful, handmade wooden bed frame that was from like the 40s. They painted it dark green to help match the light green of the of the floor. And uh, she said it, it was it was a super lovely piece of furniture, except for the fact that it was a little too short. Because of that, when I slept every night, my feet would go through the two uh, through the rungs at uh. the foot of the bed and would hang off of the bed. Uh.
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, she said one night she had just gone to bed and she's in that, she called it the the squishy part in your sleep.
0: I feel. I know exactly what she's talking about. Did
1: only someone who could sing like that could (laughs) describe that as a squishy part of sleep.
3: Wait, this story's about her? Yes. The singer. Oh, no way! Yeah, that's why
1: I brought it up. Uh, I thought you
3: were going to like, and the band was at the end. No, 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 I was like, I wanted to ask, what band is it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine.
1: Um... She's uh, right in between the space of lucid and you know fully sleeping, like knocked out, and right in the middle of that space, she said something touched her foot, and she said it wasn't just touching my foot. The way she described it was, felt like somebody got their finger and ran it from my heel all the way to the tip of my toe. Charles just licked the mic. You well, know, it was a finger, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That finger's wet. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like two and a half inches. <laughs> and, and porous. Um,
1: she said, finally, that was, that was the first time that I thought, you know, okay, this place is haunted. She was losing sleep. From that point, she decided that she would sleep on the couch. It wasn't just the feet hanging off the bed and her feet being touched um oh she also mentioned that okay maybe it was the cat but i never let my cat in my bedroom i don't want my cat in my bedroom so she turned on the light and she looked everywhere in the room closet underneath the bed nothing and the door was closed and locked you know so from there she was like okay, this this is likely a haunting." I don't haunting know with
2: a foot fetish oh yeah <laughs> <The worst>. um.
1: <laughs> so she decides to sleep on the couch kind of uh, just get out of the space of her room yeah it, it wasn't just uh, the her foot being touched but also that corner kept bothering her every time she went into her room it was almost the only thing that she could think about was that corner Brittany uh, Brittany's kind of losing sleep uh, kind of sad especially since she has such a full schedule with full-time school and work trying to get this band off the ground and also just a regular social life as much as possible she said her nightly ritual was to throw on animal planet fall asleep to like planet earth things like that she said one night she came home late went right to the couch turned on the tv it's the only light in the room it's a documentary about ants She's slowly falling asleep and dozing off, closing her eyes, and she gets into that that squishy part of sleep again, you know. Uh, she said at that point, she hears <clears throat> a growl, a low growl. She's thinking, okay.
0: Angry ass probably, ants,
1: yeah. Sometimes <laughs> angry ass ants, or something, something eating the ants. You know, she doesn't open her eyes. She's still like kind of sleeping, but it's what she hears. She said she hears again louder. She said it's like the TV, like somebody was turning up the volume uh, every time this growling came on. She said it happened. A couple more times until she realized that it wasn't really getting louder. It was just getting closer. Until the point where she knew. She she was already kind of awake. Like she had woken up at this point but didn't want to open her eyes. She knew whatever was growling was right in front of her face. And the last time it growled was the loudest she heard. And she said, I knew it was right in front of me. She said, I called my dad, and I gave him a loose explanation. You know, like, I don't feel good at this house. Can I sleep over? He's like, are you all right? And uh, she explains a little more, and he's, uh, he's, em- like, empathetic to it. And he's like, sure, come over. You, can- you have a bed here you can sleep on. That was really comforting to her. She didn't like talking to her mom about it, because the one time she did talk to her mom, she's like, grandma sitting on my bed
2: you know so,
1: <laughs> she's like i'm not trying to hear that my dad was like yeah sure we'll take i'll take care of you you know come over so she goes over sleeps over it's fine she said i had to go back you know all my things were there my life was there um, so i went back the next day after some time Brittany had actually chained her room shut she put a chain on the door and had a i think like a padlock and she said, I would only go in there to change. And that's it. I would, never, I would never spend any more time than I needed to in that room. Brittany was still busy with the band. At the time, they were just called the Shakes, not the Alabama Shakes. But this one evening, it was just her and the bassist. And she plays a guitar, rhythm. And uh, they're trying to nail this one instrumentally heavy part in a song just trying to play it perfectly. So they're playing it over and over and over again. They're getting better and they're getting better and they get to the point where they're playing it through and they're playing it perfectly. And they wanna make sure they can play it perfectly after a couple of times, so they're doing it and they're really grooving out to it. They're in her mom's old bedroom, which they turned into one of like the jam out spaces or uh, studio spaces. So they're really vibing to this. And in the middle of them playing, the bassist stops. And it kind of like shakes her up a little bit because she's so zoned in on this. She said, why'd you stop? It's like, we're, we're doing great. You're playing per- perfectly. We both were. The bassist says, this is a big dude. He says, something just whispered into my ear next to my head. I think I'm going to leave <laughs> immediately just like that. Good luck. And Brittany, she said, you just going to tell me that and leave <laughs> me here all by myself? What did it say? So it's funny. She said at that point they didn't even talk about like what it said. They were just talking about the fact that it happened, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So she like at uh, she said, yeah, back then I don't know why I didn't ask, but back then we were just concerned that you know it happened, you know. So I I don't know what it said. I don't think he knew either, but I I guess they didn't really talk about it much afterwards. But yeah, it's big, dude. Just up and left, just like that. Um she said this was somewhat comforting because at that point I knew you know it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just me you know i was okay. it, it was uh, validating. validating yeah, it was validating <laughs> exactly yeah Brittany was really sad she was really really sad um this is, uh, she talked about wanting to leave she talks about how you know there's uh economic issues that come with you know living in a haunted house you know I was a full time student i was uh doing landscaping so i wasn't making a ton of money so i couldn't really move if i moved i wouldn't be able to afford my own space so she said and i quote i was scared to lose my independence if i lost my independence my dreams might not come into fruition where else am i going to work on my dreams than in this house that's all mine where i can make as much noise as i want be as creative as i want to you know so she was really sad that this is affecting her sleep and her, just her psyche. It's been three years putting up with this, you know, almost on the day to day, sleeping on the, on the couch in your own home. And she's losing tons of sleep at this time. And she said, I'm tired and I'm exhausted all the time, with work, school, band practice and social life. At this point, I was so paranoid at night that I wouldn't sleep until the sun came up oh, around five in the morning. Then I'd sleep for a couple of hours and wake up and then go to work and do my whole day again. So I feel really bad for her at this point. She said, one night I came, came home when I'm laying down on the couch and I hear it's fall time. The crunching of leaves in my backyard. They sounded like human footsteps. So she thinks, is somebody trying to rob me? That was her initial thought. Somebody was trying to break in. Her second thought was, "Kay, maybe this is her being positive, like she kind of always has been trying to be. Maybe somebody's just trying to, you know, get across to the other side through my yard. Uh, I thought not be like,
0: like to afterworld.
1: To no, afterlife. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. She's like not likely, but not impossible either. But she like creeps up to her back door, turns on the light, and opens it up, and the crunching stops." There's no one there. The light shining into the backyard. Can't see anyone. So she's spooked. She doesn't really sleep that night. The next night, at this point, I don't know how, but she has a gun. She leaves it under the couch. So she said that's floor, gun, couch,
0: pillow, her. Oof.
1: She's sleeping. Or she's she's trying to fall asleep. She hears it again. Ksh, 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 the crunching of leaves in her backyard. And... She grabs her gun. She's like, I'm going to do this. (laughs) And she has a flashlight. She opens the door, turns on the light, turns on the flashlight so she can see the dark corners. And she's like pointing the gun. And she said it, it was like a small, it wasn't a huge yard. It was almost like an alleyway, which I don't really understand. But I guess it was small enough where if there was someone there, they couldn't really get away, especially without hearing or seeing them get away. But she didn't see anything. So she's looking around with the flashlight, nothing, can't hear anything. So she calls the cops and she waits. And she said the cops, uh, the station was like five minutes away from her house, so they were there in a jiffy. And um, they have her on the phone the whole time while they're looking outside. They do a couple rounds around the house. And uh, they say, are you sure you heard something? And she says, yes, I'm sure I heard something. This isn't the first time that happened or that this has happened. They said, well, I mean, we've checked We've walked around multiple times and there's nothing. There's not much we can do besides that. So she thanks them and they they tell her to uh, hit them up if anything else happens. So you know, Brittany laid back down on her couch, made sure everything was locked up, and she cries herself to sleep that oh, night. No. So sad. Um, She said the next day her dad called. Periodically he would call, especially after that incident where she first slept over his house. She told him everything about the house and he knew that she was you know kind of scared and alone by herself so he'd call every once in a while to check checking on her especially at nighttime uh, but the next day he called and she said i decided that enough was enough and that my mental health was more important than my independence i asked to move and he said yes uh, i just want to get out out of that house quickly so we grabbed some packing boxes built them and then spent a the day packing And moved out real quick she said that was the story of the house nothing came from that she didn't find out any information she said she had a psychic that she would go to or that her friends would go to and her friends recommended the psychic to her because she's predicted some things correctly and whatnot i think she did it with britney as well once and it like everything came into fruition so she went to the psychic and the psychic was like hmm you should study about your area because I know there's a lot about, like, Native American burial grounds and whatnot.
0: And Do you know where this is?
1: Is, is it Alabama? Alabama? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Brittany uh, decided, you know, she didn't want to have no, no part in that knowledge. We're okay. She, yeah. She's <laughs> like, no, I'm good now. Um, but at the end of the, uh, the story, she says, I, I guess you could say the ghost wand. It had its space, and I'm not there anymore, the ghost wand. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't lose anything. She says, I can tell you what I gained. She said, I gained an immense amount of peace. I finally had peace of mind after years of not having peace of mind. We quickly found another space to practice, and uh, we gained five Grammys.
2: Oh, okay, (laughs) flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flex, deserved.
1: Um, I would take a ghost for five Grammys. (laughs) She said, all I did was gain from that point on. So really what I need to do is thank that ghost for getting me out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the story of Brittany Howard, lead singer of the Alabama Shakes. Shout out. Yeah. Dude, I love that. It's fun. Man. So I actually got that from, uh, you can listen to her talk about that. It's run by Snap Judgment. It's called Spooked. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. They released it in uh, Halloween of last year, 2020. So Brittany Howard is her name.
0: That's freaking awesome. She seems
1: like a, a good person. I've always like admired her. Super talented, too. So,
0: mm. Dude, that's like your worlds colliding.
1: It really is. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason why I listened to that one. Because I haven't listened to a lot of Snap Judgment. I've listened to random ones. I flipped through the titles. But then I saw one. Uh, actually, someone on Reddit on some thread commented about that episode. And they said Brittany Howard. And I, I listened to the Alabama Shake. So I was like, okay, I'll listen to that one. So,
0: Makes you think of two stories. Yeah. One of them was, you know, you while we're looking for stories, I come across some and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll probably never share that because it's like too short or it just doesn't have enough. And this was from a thread that was just like, what's something that happened to you as a child or in your teens that you have no explanation for? And someone said they were home alone and they were upstairs and it was like dinner time to feed the cat. So they walked through their whole house yelling, kitty, kitty. And they got downstairs and the second they walked into the kitchen, kitty, they heard meow. (laughs) (laughs) A a deep male voice in their ear say meow.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, these furries be
2: wild. He's about ready to right there. (laughs) But it just reminded
0: me like, I don't know, with her cat. It came to my mind. Yeah. Second short story I wasn't going to share and I didn't really want to talk about it because it's like whatever. But I still have been having like my night things where I see and hear things. Wow. And it's been pretty bad this entire week. And first, the thing that reminded me of was the door opening. She watched her bedroom door open. Yeah. So from my bed, I can see right outside into the hallway and then all the way into the bathroom. So I can see like through. So lately to help it, I've been closing the bathroom door. And I was laying there and the bathroom door just went like this and opened all the way up as I watched it and I was like dude stop (laughs) so that like put me on edge and then two nights ago I was sleeping and I woke up to a noise in my house and I was in the squishy state so it's like I I was like asleep and I heard the noise and I recognized what the noise was immediately and I sat straight up in my bed and looked around and it was the noise of duct tape being unrolled. Ooh, oh, that's terrifying.
1: Uh. That's not a sound that you want to hear.
0: So I sat up in my bed and stared at my door for like 5 minutes straight and nothing happened. And I was like,
1: there's nothing else that sounds like
0: duct tape. Nothing, too, you know. That's why it was so like the second I heard it I was like <laughs> took my mask off and I was like And what happens is I sit there and I stare for like minutes. <laughs> you know what i mean before i can confirm what's real or not yeah turned on your clapper (laughs) yeah (laughs) you probably should get a clapper dude (laughs) dude so anyway yeah the the just the whole like sleep and hearing things and shit like that yeah it's not fun
1: i think the one that got me the most was the the sliding door with the lock
3: yeah
2: that's like
1: near irrefutable dude like Mm. you can't blame that on anything else
3: no no The foot thing
2: got me the most. No, the one that got me was the growl because that seems eerily similar to To what 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 you experienced. Dude, we're all like... oh,
1: Weird. But, Brittany.
2: Thank
0: you.
1: Thank you. I know you don't listen to us. (laughs) Maybe she
2: does, dude. But thank you.
0: (laughs) All right. Is that you? That's me. Cool. All right. When I say... The Hamptons. What do you guys imagine?
1: (laughs)
3: Posh.
1: Summer. Summer in the Hamptons.
3: Anything? Uh, My first thought goes to the White Chicks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Me too. Uh, Have you guys ever heard of Montauk?
1: Yes. Montauk? Mm -hmm. M O N T A U K?
0: Something like that. (laughs) What do you know? Or what do you. I don't know much. So Montauk is like right near the Hamptons. It's right. on the southern tip, I believe, of Long Island. Pretty beautiful, the area. The I never when I think of the Atlantic coast, I don't think of beauty. Um, but this is pretty beautiful, right? Though I'm always like sideswiped
1: by how like beautiful. All of <laughs> the our East Coast, coast listeners
2: are going to just shh all over that. Yeah,
1: we say it every time, but like New Jersey, Garden State. Super green,
0: I know, and it's like, yeah, that's just my ignorance because I'm from California, and it's like, I don't know, I just think of concrete when I think of the East Coast. Yeah, but so the Hamptons, this area spe- specifically Montauk, is home to Camp. It's not Camp Hope. I wrote Camp Hope because that's the camp in uh heavyweights. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not that. Can I look at
0: my screen for a second. Camp Nope. <laughs> It's home to Camp Hero. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Camp Hero is a state park now. In this park, there's freshwater springs. There are paths that you can ride, bikes, I think even horseback, oceanside, coast, and dramatic views of the Atlantic. Real quick, I got my story from my sister Brittany, who sent me an article from Road Trippers and some things from Reddit. So it's a beautiful park, um, trees, greenery, paths you can walk on. It's also home to, I think, one of the earliest and strangest conspiracies in American history. Montauk and Camp Hero is the site of a, an abandoned military base. I'm going to do my best to explain like, the history of this place and all the conspiracies theories that come from it. J- just know... What's up? I know now where I remember it from.
1: Perfect. Montauk is the inspiration for Stranger Things. Right? Exactly, right. Okay. I, I clicked when he said the military base.
0: Ah. Okay, so not only that, some people say it's pro- it's not only <laughs> the inspiration, but it it's like downright taken. Like like yeah, word for word. Okay. So Montauk right now, beautiful place. But back in the day, 1942, we're at war with Germany. We set up this base, super secret, high security base, home to 12 huge like radar systems, huge satellites. We're talking like hundreds and hundreds of feet tall, hundreds and hundreds of feet wide. The biggest one in the middle rotates slowly every 12 seconds. It's a full rotation. And what it's used for, they claim, is it would give us 30 minutes or 30 seconds warning if like the Soviet Union sent over a nuke or something like that,
1: that that's a lot of time. Yeah, either thirty minutes or thirty seconds. <laughs> I
0: know, very big gap. I just can't remember off top. We,
1: we just hit the anniversary of uh, Hawaii with the ballistic missile, missile, missile. <laughs>
0: yeah, incoming. We talked about that on the pod, right? Yeah, we have. Tulsi still talks about it on Joe. Really? Yeah, it's good. It's cool to like hear her thoughts on it. Anyway, so this uh, this town. Starts off uh, with a branch of the military. I can't remember what. It goes for a while. They shut it down. I'm doing bunny or air quotes. And then another branch of the military opens it up in the 80s. Or it's like the 79 to like 81 or something like that. And then they shut it down. And it's claimed by the government to be decommissioned. There's nothing happening there since like 1980. What's fishy about this is, or some weird facts about it are... They tried to make it look like a small fishing town. So all the military bases, they it has like fake wood on the outside. The, they have a huge gymnasium that they tried to make look like a small chapel. And every building, it's like Intel and, and whatever, all kind of look like small cabins. So already there's kind of like a weirdness to it. No one knows about this because this is pre-internet. So like not, not a lot of people know about this place during the 70s and 80s. And... All the locals and everyone in the area start experiencing things, seeing things, hearing things, and pretty soon urban legends and conspiracy theories are like rampant in the area. Everyone like kind of knows something's happening there. Not to mention the government, they are lock lip. Like they won't say anything about this area. You can't find anything about it. Right.
1: Like an area 51, kind of. Yeah. Up on the east coast.
0: So Everyone has these theories. Everyone's weirded out, sketched out by this place saying like, don't go there. You know, dude, you, you'll you go there. You will not come back. They have these theories and there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Until two dudes publish a book, a tell-all. One of them claims he worked there and was experiment, experimented on there.
1: Dude, this is like the Bob Lazar dude. of Montauk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he published this book called the montauk project experiments in time it was published in 1992 by preston b nicholas and a peter moon in this book they talk about the experiments that happened here and they confirmed so many people's like preconceived conspiracies he claims he was a leader of psychotronomics movement i don't know what that means but i I have a guess
1: robots in disguise
0: (laughs) Basically, he said this place was the site of a ton of inhuman experiments on people with a focus on children. He said, or claimed, thousands of children were kidnapped from around the country, taken to this place. And below the big satellite, satellite, there were countless chambers and tunnels. Some claimed there was a tunnel from this place to New York City where they would... Funnel homeless people or children, get them into this tunnel, and send it straight to the Montauk base. You
1: know how mind-blowing that would be if like that was discovered? Like a tunnel like that?
0: So, so I'm going to skip around for a second, but so many people are convinced that things like this happen there because of the evidence that's come out, that people try to sneak in and find any evidence they can. One thing they have found is a ton of barracks with brightly colored rooms and small furniture, which Mm. they claim proves that, like, they house children
2: there. Missing 411.
0: Dude, who knows? And it's a national park now, so it's, like, under Mm. that specific law. So it's, like, another level of, like, you can't, you know, if something happens there, you're under way different jurisdiction. Anyway.
1: They're just trying to make, like, some X-Men kids or something.
0: So in this, in this experiment, they claimed – To use a certain frequency and hallucinogenic um, substances to do mind control. Where their goal was to create the Montauk Boys or a super soldier. So that's like the most prevalent theory of what happened at this place.
2: Captain America, anybody? Dude. (laughs) It was a documentary.
1: Speaking of. Shark Boy and Lava Girl just came out with a sequel on Netflix. I saw that, that, dude. <laughs> and nobody asked for it. <laughs> it's like the 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 daughter of Shark Boy and Lava Girl,
0: but like Shark Girls in it or Lava well, yeah. Girls in it, like uh, as an adult, as an adult, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And it's like all the other like little kids who have superpowers, but they're not developed powers. The mom, like one of kids. the kids, one of the kids' dads has like super speed, but this kid is like super slow motion. <laughs>
0: Well, that sucks. <laughs> Super yeah. slow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah, he's like the the <laughs> fail experiment at this place. Yeah, they're the he's the one kid
1: that got back. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's like, you won't come back. Like, It'll yeah, take I'll... him a long
0: ass time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some other things that Nicholas claimed in their book, they claim they were using electromagnetic radiation to transmit ideas directly into people's heads. They said. Oh, because of because of him and the things that he said, followers of this guy to this day still wear metal helmets to stop the beam. So this is literally where the tinfoil like started.
1: Hell yeah. Was I like this that. Guy. Stop yeah.
0: the beam. <laughs> stop the beam. Stop the microwaves stop able to control. Oh, stop the microwaves. We're going to go get some sandwiches in <laughs> these tin hats. He claimed they were able to control the weather through things that they Chem produced trails. here. Um, And and they said that speaks to like what the government can do, which we can go into that later. (laughs) He claimed, okay, this is where, so all these are like, okay, that's crazy and a little believable. He also claimed he teleported to Montauk in 1968 and says he worked on Camp Hero's semi-automatic ground environment radar tower. Which is, Sage, the huge satellite in the middle people claimed that as it rotated every 12 seconds the direction it pointed at you could witness animals reacting physically and people would get severe headaches this other guy spends his entire life trying to break down what what went on here and like discover evidence he 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 published a documentary and he was on like a series where they tried to like uncover what happened here he would like go through the billings and illegally try to see everything you can. Like everything's boarded up now and most of the things are sealed shut like with cement and stuff like that. But he would break into places. And in in 2015,
1: damn, I didn't know it was that recent.
0: He found a sealed document that proved that it was still in use past the eighties. There was large orders of food still being sent there. Things like that. All right. So as I was reading this, it was kind of like back and forth, like, okay, I can see that happening. And then when he started talking about teleporting, I was like, okay, that's like, why is anyone <laughs> listening okay, to this dude? Someone the yeah.
2: Declaration of Independence. There's an <laughs> invisible map on the back.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life's all full of ups and downs. <laughs> and so the writer in this article was like, all right, before you discredit everything, I want you to just take this into consideration that at the time that this is all happening, there's other things going on that have since been declassified that we know were going on. One of them was, in 1932, the Public Health Service began what they called the Tuskegee Study of Unrelated Syphilis in the Negro Male, in which 600 men, 399 of whom had syphilis, were observed and actively denied known treatments for the debilitating disease.
2: This is not on the island, though, right? No. I was going to say, I feel like I've heard of this st- st- Study yeah, no, none before. of
0: these parts like are things that were on the island, but the authors simply just want to be like, listen, like it sounds outlandish, but like these things we know were happening at the yeah, same yeah, time. yeah, so they were running like eugenics programs on African American men at the time, watching them die from something they had the cure to, just to like see how it would affect them, right in nineteen fifty three the CIA began its twenty year mK ultra program. do you guys know that sounds familiar enlighten me so m k ultra. This is the very top. This is what we know. They used controlled substances and drugs and like interrogation tactics to try and mind control. Um, A lot of them, they were trying to like make sleeper cells or like sleeper agents that could be like mind controlled. And then like uh, uh, they would have a trigger and then they would like, you know, turn into an assassin and kill someone. Is this the same as Operation Gateway? I don't know. Which one was that?
1: Operation Gateway is a declassified CIA document. Where in the 60s, the government was funding to learn how to, was like studying brain and like mind control.
0: I'm sure it's all tied together.
1: In the Hollywood, like supernatural version that we think of.
0: Yeah. Like people tied to MKUltra, Charlie Manson, he regularly met with a CIA like correspondent and was given drugs. He got arrested so many times and they would get calls at the jail and it would be like, let Charlie out. And like they, because it was like from the top and they'd have to let him out the Unabomber? Have you ever heard about him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, MK Ultra. Like, what is that? The Unabomber? Yeah. Oh man. The dude who I would almost want to do a whole and send them in the mail. episode on him. It's just, yeah, it's this dude who pipe bombs. Yeah. Super Okay, I'm going to break it down real fast. Super intelligent kid at age 16 like gets sent to Harvard. He was he was always like he had a brain injury when he was young, so he was a little off like in regards of like having empathy or something like that. Anyway, he gets sent to Harvard when he's 16 he starts meeting with this professor who is a psychologist who worked with the CIA who was running a program to see if they could break down mentally kids and control them and change their view. So for two years, a 16-year-old kid met with this psychologist who was trained in like the tactics they that he made there, they used later in like on like uh, terrorists. They used on terrorists to try to extract information. Really like mind- stuff. they So for two years he met with this guy like twice a week for hours where they would debate and he would break his character down as hard as he could to make him nothing. Then he leaves (laughs) disappears off the map, buys a cabin in Montana, writes a manifesto talking about how we are all going to be taken over by technology a lot of which in his manifesto has come true and it's kind of scary. And so he wants to hinder the, the production of technology so he starts making bombs and sending it to a ton of people around the country, including professors at, like, the U of, like, computer science, um, things like that. Anyway, so he's connected. We know that. Sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> also around this time, we have Operation Paperclip. That's where, after Perfect. World War II, the world basically had a raffle of uh, Nazi, Nazi scientists, science. and we got all the best ones. So they came here. A lot of people think some of those Nazi scientists probably went to Camp Hope, where they did here. the... Wow. Where they did Camp Hero, where they did some of those or most of those experiments. That's wild. Okay. So that's the side of this place. If you go there now, like I said, peaceful place you can go through and like look around. Everything's been sealed off. Dude
1: too, wait. 2015, the dude went there and saw that there were large food orders still
0: being shipped there? It said that was like the ship order or the orders were in the 80s. Yeah. He oh, discovered okay. the document in 2015. Yeah. Okay. But they had said it would have been decommissioned by then. Which means they were lying, but what else is new? So th- these are some photos of it now.
1: I'm such an idiot. I thought it was spelled H-I-R-O like like Big Hero 6. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: I don't know why. So that's the big, uh, that thing still stands. Yeah. That's the biggest one. There was 12 others that
2: are since like gone. I mean, that kind of looks dope. I'd go there. Wow. Crazy
0: that it still exists. So
2: they say there's like
0: mad tunnels and chambers under this place. Dude, the creepy
2: thing too is like if they're funneling people through tunnels in New York City or whatever, it would be impossible to find those tunnels. Like if you're like an outsider trying to find it. Because... There's so much tunnels under New York City. Like, didn't they build, like, a whole new subway above the old subway or something? <laughs> and there's I tunnels so. under yeah. that, too. Yeah.
0: That's insane.
2: So, like it that. would be so easy to just have one offshoot that is hidden, that goes to freaking Nantucket Island over here. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the catacombs are a classic example of that. Like,
1: lots of it is largely undiscovered, you know? Kevin has a comment.
3: This is also conspiracy theory, but uh, my oldest sister. This is according to her that every major city has a series of tunnels underneath it. To and according to her, it's to like it's for like trafficking, sex trafficking. Well, we, re-
1: we remember Portland. Child.
3: Oh
2: yeah, t- Charlie's like how they said it flood and slave. stuff
3: like that.
1: The Shanghai tunnels. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, so so far, I haven't seen any evidence against it. Because even in Salt Lake, we know there's underground tunnels. But, yeah, so I was in Houston for the first time for a culinary competition. And I had really bad insomnia. And so I couldn't sleep. So me and my friend, we were just wandering around our hotel. And we found this staircase that went, like, downstairs. And we're like, what? There's a basement? Because El Paso doesn't have basements. Yeah. So we were all like, let's go check out a bit, like, see what a basement's like. And so we go down there, and we go through this door, and it opened up. And we were at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Houston. And it opened up to this tunnel. And we're like, what the heck? It was, like, tiled and everything. Like, it was, like, a nice tunnel. It wasn't... Janky concrete. Yeah. 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 And so, like, we keep exploring, keep exploring. And it branches off a bunch of different ways of other like big tunnels.
1: You could easily get lost down there.
3: Oh yeah. We didn't make any turns because we were afraid of getting lost. And so eventually we came and it opened up into like a bigger room and there was like food. St- it was like a little city under there. There was like places where you could get food and everything. Like, it was all closed down. It was all like super dark. And we were like, let's go back. And we were, we went back and we like told um our culinary teacher and we we're like, there's like, tunnels downstairs with a bunch of like food and Shut stuff <laughs> <laughs> she's all like are you sure and we're like yeah <laughs> you take but, her back to the tunnel and it's not there i mean we oh never took gosh. her back but i was all like what the heck that's crazy that's
1: insane yeah
3: dude 100% percent Their w- tunnels what a
1: crazy find I know.
0: i've had ex- or i've had theories that like hotels are easily like a yeah center point for weird Hub. activity yeah so that that's weird. And it like, people, I am I did not do a good job at like explaining the death, but people are convinced that things like that happened there
2: recently and maybe things still are happening. So there. here's the I thing. Think, you didn't go into depth. I still 100% believe <laughs> things are going on there.
1: <laughs> I think it's more likely that that exists and happens or has happened dude, than it not happening. Yeah. Some, <laughs>
0: for, <laughs> it just so happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening to another podcast. Shout them out, Tinfoil Hat. But they had a scientist on who used to write this, the medical, the medical work for Stanford. Like she's super smart. She had three degrees, and she went down this rabbit hole of studying ticks. And in this area is where a lot of that shit went down where scientists had free reign and they were doing things like taking ticks and they would put the plague in it. They would put smallpox in it. They would just put any disease in it and they would let it go. And their idea was they would graph out and do a grid of like this huge area on the East Coast and they would let these ticks out and then they would come back like a year later and see how far they had spread. And now there's like a huge problem with Lyme disease on the East Coast. Coincidence? And so many people are like, Lyme disease no. was engineered. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, Damn. that's another rabbit Probably edible. the one but where you're happened allergic right to meat too. Yes. And that happened Those around mother here. mother Anyway. Okay. Last thing, 2008, there is an island near this place called Plum Island that has an, a government secretive animal disease center <laughs> like right near here. And so these guys were like walking along the beach, three friends, and they found the carcass of this animal. This beaked animal.
1: Like a bird? What? Like a griffin?
0: And they said, that's just a raccoon. That's
2: That's not a a raccoon. Dude,
1: Dude, no, it's too chubby to be a choop. That's the Jersey devil.
2: (gasps) Dude, it could be the Jersey devil. Anyway, they just like casually threw that in the article. Yeah, they were really like, no oh, yeah, this what happened in 2008. <laughs> 2008. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's like a very surface level of Montauk in the Montauk. Montauk trials? Is that a thing? Probably. Maze Runner, Montauk
1: trials?
2: The
0: Montauk project. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, and I found a story of a person recently who went there with the intent of exploring and his experience. And that, I will be sharing on Patreon. <laughs> so head Check over. us out.
1: Yeah, patreon.com slash the3ampod. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> Just go to the link in our bio in our Instagram. You'll see a link to Patreon right there. Uh, there should also be a link in our podcast bio on the podcast platforms you listen to.
0: Neato. We'll see you in a bit. All right, so this guy said, this happened to him in 2010. And we're back.
2: Guys. That was freaking wild, bro. There's, That's the scariest story I heard on this episode.
0: There's a lot of sh- stranger things we talked about.
2: Oh. I could name at least
0: 11 of them. Oh. You will? Oh. I have to go take a demigorgon. Let's close this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, tonight was fun. Sometimes it's cool when we have themes, and sometimes it's cool when we are all over the map. All over the map, <laughs> yeah, like the south
1: and the east. The east, <laughs> <laughs> good one, guys. Didn't we be love with you. Subjects, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> not physically on a map. <laughs> uh, it's it's been fun. Uh, thank you for your continued support for listening. Even if this is your first time, thank you for coming and checking us out. Follow us on our socials if you haven't already. The 3am pod everywhere.
0: so And our website, the3ampodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, send us your stories. Uh, link in our Instagram bio as well. So It's not you. It's
1: me. <laughs> until then, uh, trust your gut. Watch your back. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Kevin doesn't have a sign off.
0: <gasps> Do you want one?
1: Except he's making a penis with cords. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kevin's bored.
0: (laughs) That's a middle finger thing.
3: (laughs) That's enough.
2: If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
0: Come play with us.
1: The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore.
2: I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess.
0: U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood.
2: And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick.
1: And me. Murder in House 2, a new podcast from Crowd Network.